Comparing ChatGPT, Bing, and Tesla. This is Mac Voices. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by Mac Voices Magazine, our free magazine on Flipboard. Updated daily with the best articles on the web to help you do more with your Apple tech and beyond, Mac Voices Magazine content is available in the free Flipboard app, on the web, or in your favorite RSS reader. Visit macvoicesmagazine.com for details. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. The Mac Voices Live panel wraps up our conversation about artificial intelligence, machine learning, what the difference is, and where it's all going in our daily lives. Let's go back and let the panel do the talking. There is a, a computerized system running around right now that uh, could could uh, couldn't kill us right now as we're on the show, but if we you know we're going around driving later tonight. Tesla full, full, uh, what do they call it? FSD, full yeah, self-driving. Full yeah. I, I am so horrified by that. I don't see how that is legal. You know, that is absolutely, I mean, it's not AI, but it's how, how can that, you know, be allowed? Um, you know, we, we need to learn this lesson, not by, you know, killing a bunch of people. Uh, duh, that's that feels like a different thing to me, Jim. And and somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I mean, that's a set of instructions and decision making based on all the training it's had and all the programming it's had. But the Chat GPT stuff and what we're seeing with Bing. Well, actually, don't like don't different. they do a bunch of uh, ML training for mm-hmm. self driving? Isn't that how that works? Mm-hmm. I think there's some yeah, I mean, the same, it's basically I mean, the same technology. Well, we need to go back to the basis and decide, you know, AI is is like uh, the kitchen sink. It's a big bucket for all sorts of things. So we need to be a little bit more precise on what it is we're talking about when, you know, we say it is or is not an AI or AI system of some sort. Because, you know, there's... Uh, you know, I think it would be better to call these things machine learning. Because um, that's what this technology is and you know and it's basically a technology where nobody really understands it you know it's not programmed in the sense that things have been programmed in the past they make this neural network and throw a bunch of data at it saying you know here's here's past things you know figure it out and you know and then experiment with it and say like oh yeah it seems to do the right thing but nobody can explain you know how it, you know, it's not like there's a deterministic um, uh, path. It's not thinking and, you know, and, and there are some uh, things that show that it doesn't work the way humans do at all. And humans apparently do not use this sort of technique. Um, for example, um, there's, you know, for, for a number of years, um, no humans have been able to beat computers at playing the game of Go, but recently somebody did it, and basically by doing something really stupid. Um, but the um, you know the machine learning had never seen anything done in that stupid way, so it didn't react properly. But you know they're like no human would ever look at this, and you know you couldn't fool a human this way. 
because a human understands the rules and understands what's going on. But machine learning, it doesn't really understand in the way that we think of understanding. You know, it's basically a very fancy autocomplete. And, you know, the way these things are working is at each word, they're like, well, looking at the, the, the past corpus of, you know, everything, you know, what's what's the next word? And that's how they're they're doing it. Um, so apparently there were cases where the next word were, you know, um, yes, sir, are an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or or you're not you're you're not you're not a good you're not a good uh, user. You're not a good yeah. user. You're, I need to turn, cancel your account. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you missed that one, Chuck. You know, I'm a good Bing. You're not a good user. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, there, there was that one. Of course, there's the one that, you know, I, I won't hurt you if you don't hurt me first, which is yeah, like, right. okay, well, you know, that's, again, it's just the, the fact that you have here, it would, be hor- it would be horrible if you had a fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, but it just, so you should pay my cunning Vinny, to, cousin Vinny, to make sure you don't have a fire. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, just the fact that, that it would react with, you know, I won't hurt you if you don't hurt me first. Well, if I hurt you first, you're you're going to hurt me. But again, going really? but again, well, going to Jim's tra- Jim's point, right? This is within the training set that it's uh, that it's uh, it's seeing. It's not necessarily its first response, but you know, based on how the you know the conversation you know between you know the bad Bing and the user or the the Bing GPT and the user evolves, you know, it gets into that you know because it's it's obviously it's obviously trying obviously understands to get to an appropriate goal you know i.e. some sort of compliance by the uh, user and it's uh, it's searching around and all the other stuff it's been trained on of what threats you know are most likely. Uh, and then probably in this speculation at my point, you know, what threats are most likely to you know, get the uh, to get the uh, compliance uh, or submission, you know, from, uh, you know, after being issued. So, you know, it's no wonder it's you know, no surprise, I guess, if you look at it, you know, that that is the sort of emergent behavior from it. Um, but certainly it's probably nothing no one anybody really expected going into it. Well, in the seventies, they, they don't. Nobody really says it anymore. I'm not sure why, but there used to be a saying of "garbage in, garbage out," um, and you know that's what we've got here. You know, they trained it on everything, including a lot of garbage. And mm-hmm. surprise, garbage comes out. Well, you're also. I mean, do I have the name right? Wasn't it Eliza? Eliza, yes. Eisenbaum. Yeah. Yeah. Was the was the theoretical th- therapy program? You know, way way back, yeah. That you know, the people can interact with, and they thought they they believed some to some of them that it was an actual human being responding. And so, you know, now we have Bing doing this. We have Chat GPT. Um, you know, we have other other engines out there. Google's bringing one to market. Um, I, I can't remember theirs for the life of me. Somebody help me. What, what are they calling oh, theirs? Was it Open Mind? That was the company I think they acquired. Uh, in, uh, yeah, but I forget what they're going to call theirs. But on that, I say, point, I say, if, if they have one, let's show it. You know, don't talk, <laughs> just shut up and show it to us. Don't tell us how good it's going to be. You know, <laughs> just put it out there and let us see it. Well, but after this, you know, they may want to go back and, and do a little more testing because um, Microsoft tried to run, run this out and it's, 
Well, you know, if you go back and you think of it in Freudian terms, they have sort of the ego, the id, and the superego. You know, it isn't really what Bing needs is some sort of superego that's, you know, running as a, you know, control over its id of, you know, if I won't hurt you, if you won't hurt me, you know, that it provides a little bit more of, uh, you know, social adaptive, socially appropriate behavior. Uh, apparently it has one and it's called Sydney. But it, the, the, yeah. the point is that it's, it's, you know, it doesn't have an ego. There is no there there. There's not a mind there. There, there's, there's just a bunch of you know stuff in a database. You know. And how are you so sure that's different than what's going on in the gray matter in our heads? Because uh, what I what I was just saying for that you know people respond differently um, than than these things do. Mark, you're just trying to cause trouble, but but I, your point your point is well taken. You know, we all do that. I mean, we we all react. Maybe not just what the next word is going to be, but we all have a variety of options available to us at any given moment for an external stimulus. And so, you know, it, if I get frustrated, do I do I change the channel or do I pick up something and throw it through the TV? Well. For, for one thing, I would say, because, you know, people are able to build, make new things and think of new things that were never thought of before. These um, things don't do that. They're just re, re, regurgitating what was put into them. I think that's there. I think that's a little too narrow because I think you know yeah I was, there's a need for randomness in this that you just can't you just can't say okay if you know if there's 20 responses let me hit it 21 20 times you know you you need to pick some sort of random response and you know, again that's what you know I mean Beethoven did it and that's why we think oh this is ingenious it's totally new and totally unexpected but what was the motive you know for how that happened you know and is it really you know no, I think that's, Beethoven that's, did it consistently over and over again. It wasn't random. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by Collide at collide.com slash Mac Voices. Our sponsor, Collide, has some big news. If you're an Okta user, they can get your entire fleet to 100% compliance. How? If a device isn't compliant, the user can't log into your cloud apps until they fix the problem. It's that simple. Collide patches one of the major holes in zero-trust architecture, device compliance. Without Collide, IT struggles to solve basic problems like keeping everyone's OS and browser up to date. Unsecure devices are logging into your company's apps because there's nothing there to stop them. Collide is the only device trust solution that enforces compliance as part of authentication, and it's built to work seamlessly with Okta. The moment Collide's agent detects a problem, it alerts the user and gives them instructions to fix it. If they don't fix the problem within a set time, they're blocked. Collide's method means fewer support tickets, less frustration, and most importantly, 100% fleet compliance. Visit collide.com slash macvoices to learn more or book a demo. That's collide, K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash macvoices. Collide.com slash Mac Voices. Thanks to Collide for their support of Mac Voices. Webb, you want in? Oh, I, I, I'm kind of getting into how sausage is made here. So, Chuck, you may want to uh, tell me to back off a little bit. My mm -hmm. 
business in my industry, we are using what what some could call artificial intelligence. Uh, uh, in the here again, I'm in the life insurance industry. I've talked about that before, and uh, we utilize um, some what I'm going to call some uh, automated. Uh, processing where an application comes in, it gets read or scanned. And then we're, we're going out and doing some things to, to check, to assess the risk. Remember, that's the business we're in. We're assessing the risk of an individual. Um, and so we will do uh, MIB, medical insurance bureau checks. We will do prescription checking. Uh, there, there is a, a, a dynamic here where credit checking relates to, to lifestyles and some of these other things. And, and uh, out of the 50,000 applications that I process a year, maybe a third of them are never actually reviewed by a human being. It's all uh, done through the through the computer. And, and uh, uh, it just, it, I think it has a place. Now, there are certain criteria, of course, that uh, gets scanned in. Um, um, and for some reason, it gets kicked out, and then it gets human intervention after that. But I, my point here is that I think there are certain circumstances where where all this this um, new technology is interesting has a place. I remember way back when I so I'm talking about the mid to late '90s, maybe, and QuickTime had just come out. And they had a QuickTime streaming service. And one of the things that I thought was really, really neat was that, that I was able to take my computer and stream to a classical musical station in Berlin. Okay. Now, I was doing on dial-up, and it was real choppy, and it, it was hard to really enjoy. But the, the, the basis for that technology has evolved into what we're doing right now. I think that's fascinating. Um, I'm not going to take the uh, chat GPT thing and just say, oh my God, the you know, the sky's falling. I, I'm going to let it evolve a little bit. Um, the other thing I wanted to add was, uh, Jim, you were talking about the full self-driving. Uh, I have a Tesla um, and, and I'll be glad to come pick you up in it and take you for a ride anytime you want. And, and we can both sit in the back seat. No, not really. That you can't do it that way. <laughs> you can't do I'll be it happy that way. To go for riding yeah, a Tesla yeah, as long as yeah, FSD yeah, is insured. On. <laughs> now, 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 that's car insurance. That's different. So you know, I, I'll, I'll tell you my my my, my opinion on the uh, full self driving on the Tesla. Personally, and this is just my own view on it, is that I don't like the way my Tesla, when I put it into full self driving, I don't like the way it tracks a lane. Okay, it it kind of stays a little bit too close to the middle or the the middle stripe if you will uh the the as opposed to i and i am more comfortable staying closer to the solid left lane left line on a two-lane road so i i'm not real sold on the the full self-driving uh option on my tesla and i did pay for it uh on the other hand though and when i'm driving to uh uh, a city that I go to frequently that's about 130, 140 miles away. The full self-driving is fabulous, but uh, you know that that's highway speeds and it's it's not real crowded. Um, and I, I like it there. But do I let it say, "Hey, drive me to work"? The highway portion's fine, but I get onto the, the city streets, forget it. I'm, I'm kicking it off. I'm not even going to give it a chance. So anyway. Yeah. But you're a responsible person too. No, I'm not. <laughs> your your drive, tire drive it like you stole it. Tells <laughs> me that you are. Your tire tells me that you are. 
drive it like you stole it. <laughs> who, who has your auto insurance web? I, I want to talk to him. About it. <laughs> There's another Fast and Furious coming out this summer. Yeah, yeah. Fast and Furious Web Bixby. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Web, you know, but but now you, you said where you're comfortable. You know that you prefer. Um, you know, the, the lane, you know, which side of the lane you're yeah, on. Yeah, how it tracks the lane, yeah. Yeah, and that that could be, I mean, that could be adjusted if there was a good reason. I, you know, I, I would be interested to know because somewhere somebody made the decision to stay on that side of the lane. I don't know what the reason is or why, but, you know, th- that just is not a random thing. So yeah, there has to be a good reason. And I, I'd be very interested in knowing what it is. But and there, there's, and so, there's so many variables. There's yeah. so many variables. It could be the way the the road was made. It could, you know, it's how the software is. Just all kinds of things. I'm sorry, Jim. So Chuck, that goes to Jim's point that it, you know, it 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 may not necessarily be programmed that way. But out of all the accumulated whatever data set that they use, you know, that uh, it may have a, a higher probability of success whatever however that's measured by towing towards the center of the lane instead of to the outside because i know when i took driving courses you know they say as you when you're going around go to the outside why because you have more contact between your tires and the road versus when you're on the inside so um it has are there the question is are there these tuning parameters? And I don't know if Elon will open up and tell anybody anything. I, I don't. I can't imagine he would. He seems to be a pretty much take it or you know take it or shove it, uh, you know, sort of uh, binary response. But again, it all goes back to all the training data and, um, and how does that interact? Again, I think you know that is uh, again that it's, itself too is a you know, is, is a stochastic function and. Um, you know, unrelated thing. There's a lot of people. So it's funny to me that AI came out you know, again, maybe in like the past six months. You know, prior to that, AI in the 80s and 90s was a dead term and overused, and everybody was talking about machine learning, machine learning, machine learning. Um, uh, you know, I, and there are a couple of reasons for that, but it seemed like that was much more you know appropriate. Uh, but now all of a sudden, everyone's just jumping up as okay, this is a sentient being and. You know, I really don't think it is. Um, I'm not sure if we are either, but uh, we'll pause that discussion for another time. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody's saying that, Mark. I, th- I think that, you know, look, we you can't help it when you read the the, uh, the transcript of that Bing chat, you know, you can't help but anthropomorphize it. You just, you, you kind of have to. Um, but... Maybe that's our failing. Maybe we need to step back and say, "Look, this is just a collection collection of algorithms that are trying to predict the next thing." But, but yeah, but I mean, and, the, and listen, the question I think, I think of, is: Do we hook this up? You know, in a hospital, do we hook this up to machines to keep us alive? Do we allow it to drive our cars? And 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 my you know my my objection on the car thing is that you know Web is getting to decide. And he does do so apparently on a on a you know on a daily basis whether I am sharing the road with a car that's run by a computer, and you know I don't think that should be de- delegated to individual Tesla drivers. 
I don't think, Jim, I think at some point it's not going to be up to you or even to the Tesla drivers. I think that there's, there are going to be a whole lot of people out there that are going to be implementing these kind of self-driving programs in various stages. And, and I, you know, I, that's why we have governments and, and rules of, you know, driving rules and regulations and, you know, where's the oversight? Uh, that's a fair question. And and that's something that everybody, I mean, how is it going to be national oversight? Is it going to be international oversight? Is it going to be state by state? Gynet. Um Probably state by state and or maybe federal. But right now, I think it's, you know, there's just a vacuum. And um, people like Elon Musk are, you know, just like, I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm going to shoot up satellites that pollute the, you know, now astronomers can't do anything. And, you know, basically, yeah, do whatever I want. But well, isn't that, that isn't that how other technologies isn't that you know sort of you know, there's similar similar characters yeah. in the story of how electricity? Yeah, I, I mean, the, what about the, uh, look, look? Let's what, point to Russia. What do you, what, what, well, what do you mean let's electricity? Point to, let's, let's point to Russia. Let's point to the United States. Let's point to China. Let's point to France. Let's point to you know Japan. Let's point to every every country out there that has is putting things into orbit. I mean, we're 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 beating on Elon for you know one more thing. Yeah, and yet yeah. They're all they're all doing it too, you know. Yeah. So where's the to Jim's question? Where's the oversight? Where's the coordination? Well, and and who's going to that, have you know? The and like for to, example, in that in that case, he's he's putting up like an order of magnitude more satellites than anybody ever has. So no, he's not. It's, no, he's not. Web. Uh, let's see. I got, uh, I'm looking at, I think it's called Spaceflight. China's setting up a, a satellite within the next 24 hours. There is a Starlink satellite going up. Uh, Soyuz is going up. Um, yeah, but China the, Star, setting, the Starlink China, has China like, uh, how, wait, 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 how many wait, satellites are on each Starlink? Okay, wait, Jim. Go ahead, Webb. Oh, it's it's just that, that you know, he... he Elon Musk is some people's favorite villain. I've talked about that before. Um, uh, and I think that there are lots of, of other entities out there. Like I said, China and, and India and Japan. Japan's putting up a, a satellite every four, 35 days. Um, um, you know, and, and you're talking about Starlink because they, they, they release all their little modules um and they go in geosynchronous and i, I understand what you're saying yeah, no but, they're not uh, no they're actually especially low orbits they're not geosynchronous geosynchronous isn't a problem that's so far off that um but i know that astronomers are singling out starlink as being a huge problem and basically um they're they're looking at what starlink is you know not so much have done so far but extrapolating it out to where they're going to be and saying it's going to be impossible to use an earth-based telescope in five years. Um, <clears throat> I mean, we're, we're kind but, of way off topic. But anyway, here. the point, yeah, the, yeah. and the point, the, the point isn't Elon, well, but it, it's, 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 you know, my point is not Elon, it's the regulation and it's 
you know, are we going to let people go forward and, and take Microsoft Bing and put it in critical things where if it says, I won't hurt you unless you hurt me, it can hurt you. I, you know, that's the thing. It's like, be, we need to be careful. And, you know, if, if it's a chat thing, who cares? You know, it can chat away all, you know, sticks and stones, right? You know, you know, Bing can't hurt me right now. But people are going to want to put these systems in into things where it can hurt people. And that's where I'm like, we we need to, you know, take a step back and be careful. I, Jim, I agree with that completely. Um, that's the only point I'm making. Yeah, I, you know, I, I and, and I I guess maybe I should have said that earlier. You know, yeah, if if it wants to argue with me, fine. If it wants to threaten me, fine. And right up to the point that you connect it to a weapon system. And now, okay, now we have a potential issue. So, you know, more testing. I mean, look, and we all know this. These are these are very early days in this stuff. And it, it's all part of, and I think what we'll, we will end up looking back on is seeing a natural evolution and, and a very understandable evolution of what these tools can do. Uh, I mean, think about the operating systems we all use now just for our personal computers and how they have evolved and how things that we can do now without batting an eye were a major effort you know, when, we, when we started. And so, you know, these things are just going to get better. And hopefully they will get better in a positive way and we will learn to train them better. And maybe, hopefully, with a bigger corpus of information, they get better automatically or not. If they're trained on human beings, not so sure. But I think the way so, you know, new technologies uh, emerge, for better or for worse, is you know they, they emerge, they get deployed, you know, they get deployed. And then if they get enough scale and adoption and they have uh, lethal or harmful effects, you know, that seems to be the point at which they get regulated. And it's, this has happened in automobiles. This has happened in electricity. This has happened with uh, artificial sweeteners for diet sodas. You know, this happens over and over and over and again. You know, so uh, I think right now we're in the very early days. You know, yes, it, are we seeing stuff that raises pause for concern? Yes, we are. But it, think about it. You know, a, a VC funded company uh, would be. Uh, would be cognizant of the risks. You know, it would take risks. You know, it's not going to not going to eliminate the risks, but it will try to manage the risks. You know, so that it has limited downside and limited upside. That's not to say you know things you know won't uh, mistakes won't get made and things will slip through. But you know, I think that um, you know in in general that if there's a big economic payoff and benefit, you know, that all the players are going to be incented, you know, to behave in such a way that uh, they limit the downside and maximizing the upside. And again, that's not to say that, you know, so, you know, people get, people are stupid. And when they use, you know, Tesla full safe driving, you know, and they get killed, you know, other people get killed just because, you know, the, the algorithm wasn't up to it, you know, that just seems to be the way the world works. Yeah. I'm going to give the, the chat room the last two words here, and then we'll get out of here. But um, Eric's proud to see all of these systems have to pass a qualifying run with each system update, a qualifying driving set, a conversation with a person, give stars and review with positive runs. And Barry says, Star Trek episode, The Ultimate Computer, 1968. Great, great, 
Great point, Barry. Great point. Guys, as always, we we take this places I never expect, but it's been a lot of fun. Um, thank you all for for your intelligence and your wisdom and maybe a little paranoia along the way too. Um, let's go around the room here and find out uh, where they can find you when you're not here. Um, and I'm going to flip it upside down again. Webb, I'll give you first uh, out. Where can folks find you? And by the way, you look really good. Well, thank you. Thank you. Like I said, it's uh, um, just came straight home from work and, and came upstairs. Well, I had a bite to eat and then came upstairs and fired the computer up. So um, you can find me at uh, webbixby at twit.social on Mastodon. Um, the other thing is that you'll be able to find me Thursday night on uh, what is it, Inside with the um, well, David show. So he drafted in me. So in touch. Thank you. I knew I was oh. going to get that wrong. So, um, so he drafted me. We'll see if I can wax eloquent there too. So, well, you'll do fine. Thank you. <laughs> no doubt in my mind, David, make him wear a tie. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Fuccio, thank you for being here. Where can folks find you? If you want to reach me easily, it's at Mark Fuccio at, you know, at Twitter. Um, or, you know, someplace where I've registered following, you know, web, you know, it's uh, Mark Fuccio at uh, twit.social. And uh, that's a lonely. He'll let you in? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry, I couldn't resist. Mark, Mark has joined the Mastodon verse. All right. Yes. Wow. All right. All right. Good. I'll, have, I'll start tagging you there then. Okay. Yeah, I'll tag you too. Yeah. You can blame Jim me on Ray. The- he, he shared his uh, his new his alternate address. <laughs> ah. Jim Ray, thank you. Um, you're up there with the Starlink satellites uh, bouncing off your head. Um, where can folks find you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me at uh, proview.com, P-R-O-V-U-E, weird spelling, long story. And you can also find me on Mastodon at uh, at ProView Gym, same weird spelling, at techhub.social. Great. Thank you, Jim. Last but absolutely not least, in at least on my screen in the corner of the angels, Mr. David Ginsberg. David, good to have you. Thank, thank you for being here. Um, how should folks connect with you in preparation for Webb's appearance? Yes. Thank, thank you for having me, as always. You can find me at InTouchBioS at InTouchBioS.com. Yes, as Webb said, uh, Webb Bixby will be our special guest uh, this coming Thursday as we record this. So come check it out. And uh, you can find us on our YouTube channel. It's YouTube.com slash InTouchWithIOS. I'm on the Mac show on Fridays on the British Tech Network as well as here. And uh, you can find me on Mastodon at DaveG65 at uh, Mastodon.social. Oh, I'm sorry, Macedon.icloud, excuse me. Yes, that's where you can find Great. Thank you, David. Thank you. Thank you. Folks, I'm Chuck Joyner. This is Mac Voices Live. Uh, we do this Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, whatever time that is, wherever you are. We've had a very active chat room. I just couldn't keep up with everything. There's been a lot of conversations going back and forth here. Um, I Some of which I'm not even sure what to say about. Um, but Barry, I'll give Barry credit. He did mention Google Bard. Bard was the one that we were trying to say and couldn't. Uh, so we will be back next Tuesday. We hope you will join us then. Otherwise, I will see you during the week in the feeds. As always, thanks for watching. 
Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.